Welcome to season three, lucky three, officially, of Off the Gram, the show where we bring you straight into the trenches with us to help you live your best life, channel your inner girl boss, and navigate the ever-changing landscapes of wellness and social media. I like that I just read that as if we have not been saying it for three flipping years. And let me also just say that I t- I say like probably one out of every three yoga classes, I always remind people that three is the magic number because right? we do three of everything. Yeah, three is a good number. Mm-hmm. Well, season three, I mean, let's just start there. So we last jump week, in? <laughs> yeah, last week we left you with what I'd call a bit of a cliffhanger, mm-hmm. if you will. We basically left y'all on read wondering whether or not Off the Gram is even going to continue. Did we decide that that was what we wanted after we took our like long pauses to really dig deep and think about what each of us individually wanted? Long pause. Well, how about I'm not going to tell them just yet. But (laughs) I think what we should also do is talk about like – because here's what I got to the bottom of in some of this soul searching. And we touched on this last week. Not only is it okay that we're different people, it is something to celebrate. It is the entire point of this whole show. And Heidi, I think one of the interesting things, like as we've been like kind of um, poking through different topics and, and different like show focuses over the last three years, sometimes we'll come to a subject matter and we'll be like, like, well, I don't, I don't agree with how you feel about that subject matter. And so like we won't do it because we're scared to be too divisive. Well, we we won't actually say that out loud. That was right. the biggest problem is we You're would right. think that to ourselves and You're we right. wouldn't actually voice it. You're right. And I literally think that if we are moving forward, which we'll talk about in a sec, I think that is the model that needs to be flipped on its head. I think this morning was actually a perfect example of that. Let's talk about our morning. Okay, let's oh talk my about, gosh. Let's talk about our mornings. Can we just talk about how we actually got here or almost oh. didn't get here this morning? <laughs> almost didn't get here. Okay, wait. So what happened What happened first at, at 5 o'clock in the morning, Heidi? Yeah. So 5 o'clock, my alarm goes off, with which is my son's laughter, which always makes me smile no matter how little sleep I got. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm – because, you know, I've gotten up early so that I can make sure that the kids get on the bus and, like, do all my things. It is Valentine's Day, too. So, you know, wanted to make sure the kids felt good, had their breakfast, and also my hair and makeup were done because, you know, coming into the city shooting this. <laughs> yeah. And James came in and vomited everywhere. Not me, James. J- no, her sorry, son, James. My son, James. Her my son, little- James. <laughs> Sorry, James. James, 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 James. I did not vomit. No, no. At least not yet. And we weren't sleeping together. (laughs) No, no, no. So my youngest, who is five, came in and vomited everywhere. And P.S., like any mom in the world knows that there's a GI bug going around our whole world right now. And I'd been like, oh, my gosh, when are we getting the GI bug? We've gotten all the other bugs. And so he's vomiting. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. Because, you know, I'm still dealing with so much trauma of New York City. Everybody knows. I, Alex, my husband, my amazing husband had agreed to schedule meetings in the city so that he could drive me in and drive me out so I didn't have to, you know, worry about being on the street in the middle of broad daylight and being attacked again. So you get here for this recording. <laughs> yeah. So Heidi's texting me. She's like, uh, James is puking. I'm like sitting trying to do my makeup. Like my kids are coming in. Their Valentine's stuff needs to get sorted as well. We're just doing mom stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, well, let me know if like – Before the sun is up. Yeah, yes. like let me – right. The sun's <laughs> not even up. I'm like, well, let me know if you're going to be able to make it in to New York because I have to go get on a train here in Pennsylvania so I can come into New York. So finally, Heidi's like, okay, I figured it out. We're good. And I'm like, okay. And I jump in my car and I go to the train station. So I get to the train station. I get on the platform. And like already people in the parking lot were like – 
uh, you might not want to take your bag out of your car. I think there's like a lot of drama over like on the train. And I was like, what do you mean drama on the train? So I get over. There's like a gazillion people on the platform. The train's like potentially not coming. So we're all trying to figure it out. Like there's so, you know, trains are so confusing. There's so much confusion. Nobody knows. Everyone's trying to like be the leader. There's no leader. And you don't even know what track is what most stations. You literally have no idea what's going on. (sighs) And so I was like, you know what? No, no. I we're getting not today, Satan. Like we're getting to New York, and I I just got myself a car, so I have my own car, so I have my own autonomy now. I, I used to have to be like George, can I use the car? So mm-hmm. I was like, no, this is why you got a car. Go get in your car and drive to New York. So I was, I got my little booty in the car, and I and I start driving. I text Heidi. I'm like, that's it. I missed my train's not coming, but I'm coming in. She's like, oh, okay, all right. As long as you're gonna make it, okay, great. I'm gonna go get on my train. Then so she texts me back. Yes, and. I got the news alert after signing up for my ticket that the train at my station had literally driven through <laughs> the barrier at the end. Like straight up just like, drove off the track. Crashed into town. <laughs> off the track. Like this is – and of course in my traumatized head, I'm like, this is the universe telling us this is not a go. Right. We are not going into the city today because the universe doesn't want us in the city, obviously. Right. So, you know, I took a few deep breaths. James told me to take a few deep breaths. <laughs> this Jamie, not my James yeah. vomiting. But this <laughs> is kind of my point. So like Heidi's mind fairly and in her truth of who she is goes to like – is the universe trying to tell me something? Is this a cosmic message? Should I be listening? What's going on? Like, da, 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 da. And I'm like, in my like hustle culture mentality, I'm like, dude, where there's a will, there's a way. This is going to make such a girl boss story that we like got there anyway. And we jumped over all the hurdles. And I think that it's very thematic of like who we are fundamentally. Even the other day, you would propose an episode on something with EF- EMFs. E- EMFs. Like, yes. Like technology, like the 5G technology and like da 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 Which And cancer cl- clusters yes. and all those things. Yeah. This is another great example. Like I – we all have our own opinions on these things. I am like – I'm actually the person who's more in the middle. Like I definitely believe that that, that all of that might be causing – cancer, but also I'm like, eh, but is it? Like, I'm the skeptic that's like, I don't know what I believe in, or are people being alarmists? And I want to err on the side of caution. Which and- is, <laughs> but look, I think historically, we've avoided topics like this yeah. if we thought we were going to have two different opinions, Correct. because we didn't want to like have a kerfuffle on the Same. air. <laughs> what is the point of not airing out two different opinions on a various array of topics? Isn't that the point of having a podcast? I would imagine it is. Well, I would imagine it is two. So to that end, since I think it is probably a good point that as people grow and evolve and decide to air out two various viewpoints and have a show that really brings value to people, Heidi, maybe we should keep doing Off the Gram. What do you think? Should we? I think Off the Gram is our baby. (laughs) We've worked on it for three years. We love it. We live it. And it's not going anywhere. True story. True story. True story. <laughs> so then there were two. And then there were two. <laughs> and again, I think a really cool thing about this is that usually, and I've had a lot of friends with podcasts that dissolved over the years. Mm-hmm. And or usually friends, in the first year. Yes. Mm-hmm. Or because people realize how much work it is. Yeah. <laughs> or friends who are work wives who end up like hating each other. I think what's really cool is that as this show has grown and evolved and co-hosts have come and gone for their own reasons. Nobody, there's zero ill will. Mm-hmm. Like nobody leaves under duress. People just, we come and go because yeah. it's like a, a living, breathing entity. It's true to life. Nothing but is forced. What is shaken out in the wash is that Heidi and I started as best friends. 
like literal best friends. Mm-hmm. Heidi and I like go first of all, we were just on the influencer scape together, which I think we should talk about a little bit. Cause yeah. like, let me tell you, if you can survive the influencer landscape in New York City and not let it crush your soul. And like, remain friends with another one. Yes. Oof. That is that is some, Herculean some, feet. some good stuff there. Mm-hmm. Um, our families go on vacations together. Like our kids, we all go on trips together. Like we're actual best friends. So the fact that we would not consider just continuing to sit next to each other every week and talk about the shit that we love, but also have the bravery and the courage to do it in a way that's true to each of ourselves and also the integrity of self to allow the other person to be in their truth. Yeah. And, you know, as you know, Jamie, but our viewers don't, it, the most important thing to me was our friendship. Mm-hmm. When things went, you know, how they went after that episode that was our pivotal moment to reevaluate off the gram, when I, after the first call, took my time, all I could think of was like, I love this woman. Right. And by any means necessary, I need her to know that and I need to act it and I need to live it. And obviously I haven't been if this is the spot we're in. So and I think that is important for the viewers to know, too, because I think part of what's going to make this such a even more amazing version of Off the Gram from what it has been is that realness and at the core how much we respect and love one another. I agree with that. With differing opinions. Well, and what's interesting though, Heidi, also is that like in the real world, we do allow each other to have different yeah. – like, okay, for instance, we'll go on vacation together, right? And like I respect so much – so Heidi and I are both vegan, but I call myself like plant forward because I'm not 100% vegan. I'm like 98% vegan. Sometimes if there's like – if I'm starving, there's a protein bar and it has whey protein. Like the what aligns with my values is like I'm okay eating that. I, it it, it like, doesn't bother me that much. Like I'm mostly vegan. Yeah, I'm allergic to cow dairy, but, so I don't but, have that option. <laughs> but also, you're like a true vegan. Yeah, and like yeah. that's – so I really respect Heidi for standing in her principles around things like that. But I also feel like when we're on vacations, for instance, you never judge me. <sighs> like – or like even when we're out at like the kids' dinner on a trip, my kids will have chicken tenders, like real chicken. Now, do I love that for them? No. But like when we're on a trip and it's like really hard to feed your kids vegan – I, I let my kids eat chicken tenders. Like they don't even know. They think it's like actually they're like tofu tenders from home and like mm-hmm. whatever. Sometimes they just make an allowance like that because it's like kind of what George and I agreed on. We're like, we don't love it, but every once in a while we'll be flexible enough. So if they're at a birthday party and there's like, you know, a piece of pizza and all the kids are having a pizza, our kid does like can have the piece of pizza. It's a choice we made, but also I can under- understand it being like a contentious one. Like real vegans would be like, bro, you're not vegan, which is fair. But you've never said that to me. No. And I've always respected how your kids eat 100% vegan. And I look up to that. And you've always allowed me my – so this is like one really silly, simple example. But it actually is kind of not that simple that you allow me to be in my truth. And I respect you for – and like in real life, we do that. Mm -hmm. But I think on a podcast, especially when guests are involved, Mm. you get a little more nervous. Yeah. Well, you don't want to offend the guest. I personally – I come from a place of, you know, I was raised to be polite to always be polite, to never say anything unless you have something positive to say. So when I'm thinking all these like negative things in my head, I'm like, okay, well, it's not positive. So I'm not going to say this in front of this person who gave us their time and expertise, you know, and I, but in retrospect, you know, there has to be a way to respectfully disagree with someone or, or maybe it's not even so strong as disagree just to question. Yeah. Right. 
Right. Because that's that was sort of the whole point of Off the Gram to begin with that's was, right. you know, sorting, sifting through the actual experts and trying to get the actual facts and knowledge yes. as opposed to I'm an I have an eyes acai bowl on Instagram so right. I am a health expert like no you're not right <laughs> yeah so people shouldn't take your advice people should take this nutritionist's advice or whatever but I think the inability to question their beliefs is that was a that was a problem for us big time it was a problem for us and i think just trying to be too polite in general mm-hmm. was problematic but like i think what's also interesting okay so here's another thing let's just bring this up i think this is actually could be really helpful to you dear listener <laughs> so i was like oh to me well it was already helpful to us yeah 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 so i think let's share it with everybody one of the things that came up was this we each have our own business, businesses and entities. Mine in particular, one of the things I've done in the time since we've been doing this show, I started a coaching business. I work with like a business development team. I've learned so much. I push myself every day to promote and to self-promote that business because I very much believe if you're a solopreneur and you're not promoting yourself, you should fire your CMO, which you. is you. Because <laughs> like otherwise, like that's literally your job, whether you like it or not, whether it makes you feel cringed out or not. If you want to be a solopreneur, you have to do that. Now, one of the things that we all had a conversation about is like sometimes it's hard. Sometimes it's hard when everybody's running a business together, but then everybody has their own interest. You look at each other and everyone's like, oh, is she out for the greater good of this business or is she like doing her own thing or like I don't like how she's doing that or it doesn't align. One of the things that I think we came to like came to a head with or at least one of the things I've learned about myself Usually when I'm watching somebody else online, all of these great, like, and I'll, I'll name names. Like I love, you know, the, the Jay Shetty's of the world and the Lewis Howes and the Amy Porterfields and the Gabby Bernstein's, all these, I love all of these mm-hmm. coaches and like kind of like their spiritual gurus or their digital marketing experts or their positivity junkies or whatever, however they brand themselves. But sometimes when I watch them do their thing, I get super cringed out. Now, is it because I really believe that what they're doing is wrong and cringy? No, if I really had to question myself, it's because I kind of wish I could do it at the level that they're doing it, but I haven't really cracked the code on how. And so it's a lot easier for me to be like, Ugh, the way they're doing it is dumb and cringy because then I don't have to push myself. Mm-hmm. Then I don't have to push myself to figure out how to do that. And sometimes that's probably come up in with all of us, right? Absolutely. It's come up for me so much. And I, you know, and I said to you in full transparency, like, I wish that I promoted myself, you know, with one 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 millionth of the ease that you do it. It's really the ease for me that you ha- that you are so effortless. And it's something I really admire and respect about you. And I, um, yeah, I just, I've never been comfortable promoting myself. I'm so comfortable promoting other people, yeah. other products, just not me. Like, don't. Yeah. It's, uh, it feels to me, I, I, it obviously has to go with like, you know, upbringing, but like it feels boastful or yeah. it feels, you know, not okay. Well, and you told me that you were brought up that like speaking about money was kind of like gauche oh, and like, no, you don't do you it. Do not speak about money. Which, yeah. by the way, I was brought up that way too. You overcame it. <laughs> but I had to, well, I like work really hard yeah. to push past it because I also feel like, and by the way, my mom's still that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that sometimes she probably also thinks that like some of the more like modern discourse around like money and like manifesting abundance and boss babe culture, she probably thinks she probably doesn't get that. Mm-hmm. But I do feel like we're in like a different portal in time where like all of a sudden it's like 
well, we're having different conversations around money. And I'm trying to help myself evolve with that conversation. I look, it's hard for me. It's funny that you think it that it comes with ease. Mm-hmm. I work really hard to push myself past what's uncomfortable, but I do think it's because I was a publicist. Yeah. And so I look at myself as my own client. Yeah. So that said, I think it's a really interesting piece of all of this is like, how do you interact with your friends when, I don't know, when like maybe you don't align with what their values are around work, around business, around self-promotion? I think this comes up more than, I don't think this is such a niche problem. No. I think especially now with the rise of the everybody working from home, having a side hustle, an Etsy shop, or this or that. I think so. And even just people's families. And being boundaries. like, why do you share your shit on Instagram? That too. Yeah. Again, boundary. That's also a part of the boundary. But like, I think that some, so I'm trying to like put this on me and not on anyone else. I think that there's a way of looking at it at like, well, she's so unhealthy. She has no work boundaries. Right. And there's the other side of it, which is like, she's so lazy. Like, who who does she think she is taking the night off like to be with her kids? Right. You know? Yeah. So I think that the boundary issue is a big one for people because people have what they're comfortable with and they don't really think anybody should have a different one. You're totally right. And I've said this before. Mm. My own like um, ethos around work is not the popular one these days. Like I still come from the the bubble of New York City in the 90s Mm. when it was like – when I say hustle culture, I kind of say it with this double-edged sword. You keep hearing me say it almost like a double like – like I – I think in my heart, I think I halfway think it's good and halfway think it's a shortcoming because I think that I get caught up in that old school mentality of like the person who sends the latest email wins, mm. da, 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 da. But I also was like raised in the world of public relations with these PR mavens from the 90s who would like would throw a stapler at my head if I made a mistake. And I was like, please, Sarah, may I have another? Like I just – we mm. all looked at it as like – this, it was this very different time in New York City. Things were also a lot more formal. I was saying to George the other day, like, young people these days will never know. You know when you watch movies from the 80s and it's like, Mr. Mr. Johnson, we'll see you now. And mm-hmm. it's like the it's the secretary with the big uh, shoulder pads mm-hmm, and she has like mm-hmm. – nothing is formal like that anymore. There are no set work hours. Everybody's – you know, and so people kind of come up with their own ideas of like self-care and boundaries and we have the quiet quitting conversation. To me – And I know to you too, Heidi, because you are one of the hardest workers I know. I just believe in hard work. Now, I don't mean to say that to denigrate anyone else, that I think I'm the person who believes in hard work more than anyone else. What I mean is hard work actually fills my cup. I don't really judge other people for how hard they do or don't work. And I really mean that. Like, But I staying up to like one or two in the morning, I don't think it's good, but it makes me feel accomplished And so I do it. And it's part of how I run the amount of work that I run. Um, I really don't judge other people around it, but it definitely is a part of my character. Yeah. And I think that, you know, for me, boundaries has been such a big sort of journey that I've been on to establish any boundaries because I definitely had many, many years, decades where I didn't sleep. (laughs) And I said yes to everything and I didn't say no to anything. And I remember when like, you know, Gen Zers or millennial, late, whatever they are, would start with, uh, you know, the people who don't say they're sorry, they say, thank you for your patience with me. It's that same crew of people who say no to something that they, that you're like, but you should say, but that's your, what? Right. (laughs) And I felt angry at them. I'm like, who do they think they are? Right. Like, really? Yeah, and 
And but I also then like on my journey have found myself being like, can we just take a second like to breathe and like yeah. well i think look and it's, I, I it's think a journey it's a journey i think um i think it's a really interesting conversation that almost transcends just this episode of this podcast it's mm-hmm. like really the entire conversation around um work and hustle culture and self-care and all of those things because like when i look at the quiet quitting conversation i i, I want to say like why do you want to do the least like don't yeah. you want to show up and do the most but I also understand that we have all worked ourselves into a place of insanity and a lot of us are imploding and self-care is almost self-preservation. Yeah. And I read a stat the other day that 40% of people engage in what's called slashing, which is basically having a side hustle. It's doing a couple different jobs at the same time. Ah, like actress slash waitress slashing. Yeah, which is I guess what they meant. I think what they what it kind of boils down to is like a lot of people have a corporate job and some sort of a side hustle, whether they're consulting or they're doing graphic design on Fiverr or they're an influencer or they're doing video content creation mm-hmm. for somebody. Like, do you know what I mean? Like yes. they have all these different things. And the amount of bandwidth that that takes is tremendous. Yeah. I think you and I as solopreneurs – and this is actually – this is a good segue into like some of the episodes that we're going to have coming mm-hmm. up, which we can share about. But um, how do you do – like you – we're – I'm still learning. Yeah. I'm still learning. Like I think sometimes you and I will post in our Instagram posts like, you know, as somebody who like runs seven businesses, yeah. people are like, what do you mean? Yeah. And it's like what I mean is I have a podcast. This is a full-fledged business. It's an LLC. I'm a television personality on QVC and on other – you know, a lot of other things. That is a full-time basically job. I'm an Instagram influencer, which – we're definitely doing an episode on that. I don't think anybody yeah. probably has any idea, but f- literal full-time job. We're basically a mini advertising agency. Production company. A production <laughs> company. I'm a wellness coach, which is a full-fledged business, the marketing of which is even more business than the actual coaching business, which is another business, mm-hmm. right? Um, we're a retreat company, mm-hmm. you and I, because yeah. we do all of these experiential retreats. So that's what I mean when yeah. I say that we ha- like run like six or seven yep. businesses. Oh, and we're moms. And to young moms. children. Not and teenagers who can take care of themselves. Yeah, that's young right. Kids. And we're, we're athletes and we're, mm-hmm. you know, fitness, you know, pros and just trying to do all the things. Yeah. So that said, you can imagine that like we're just trying to muddle through and there's going to be speed bumps along the way. Yeah. Just trying to trying to surf the waves instead of crash into them. Well, we're all just doing <laughs> and our best, learn. and I have to imagine you out there are doing your best too. It's like if nobody's told you today, take a deep breath and just say thank you to yourself. Like for I was, showing up for showing up. I was giving a keynote. The oh yeah, that's my other job. I'm a keynote speaker. <laughs> I was giving a keynote the other day, and. I had people do this really cool exercise. You know, Heidi, when you have people rub their hands. And put them over their eyes. Yeah. Well, that's, oh, that's, okay. that's a yoga exercise. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. But for a minute, yeah. even if you just rub your hands, I'm uh-huh. rubbing mine together right now very fast and I'm creating friction. But this also has to do with like Reiki healing yeah. and stuff like that. And then you hold your hands just about an inch apart and you could actually feel the energy that you literally created between your two hands. That is powerful. That is self-created energy. You own that. You harnessed that. And then at the end of me giving these people this exercise, I said, now, just hold those hands out in front of you for a minute and look at your hands. Those hands, what did they do this morning just to get you here? So they, many things. They brushed, <laughs> they brushed your teeth. Maybe they drove a car. Maybe they, you know- Dressed wrote, a child. Yeah, dressed made a them child. <laughs> you know, wrote some emails. Um, they did all sorts of things. Maybe you took medication, administered medication to a loved one. All the things that we do with mm. our beautiful, powerful hands- and sometimes we just don't stop enough and just say thank you to ourselves for just 
I mean, damn it. You just got here today. That is a lot. Wherever so you are right now, you got here today. Through the vomit, through the canceled right? trains, it's through the getting lot. stuck in the tunnel. <laughs> it's a lot. And sometimes after all of it, like no matter what your work style, you just have to take a breath and just say, you're doing a great job. And Heidi, you're doing a great job. Thank you, I Jamie. I just want you to know that. I want you to know that you are doing a tremendous job. Well, thank you. And so in doing those jobs, one of the things that we want to bring you this season is in addition to continuing to bring wonderful, fabulous guests who we do love and adore and are excited to bring you. We have so many amazing guests booked just for the next um, like 90 days alone. You guys are going to freak out. We have some cool solo episodes. We do. And so I thought we could just talk a little bit about some of the stuff. I think people really, um, I always hear feedback that people like solo episodes when Mm -hmm. we just break down uh, either something about our story mm-hmm. or something that we've done in our own life that people might be interested in. For example, I did a TEDx talk late last year. It was a dream of mine. No big deal. It was like a dream, <laughs> dream, dream of mine. And I had no idea how how one did that. And so it took me probably about eight or nine months from deciding I wanted to do it to getting my applications out, to getting accepted, getting on the TEDx stage. And it was such a journey. So I'm going to break down an, ep- an episode like The Road to TEDx. Heidi, what are you thinking you're going to bring? I mean, I love it. Um, I am going to break down how to build a yoga brand or studio or app. All of those fall under the umbrella of, of course, a yoga brand. But since I built, you know, many of you might actually not know, I used to get hired to cre- to build studios in New York to literally bring the people, train the instructors, be the instructor and create a community at a physical space for a new studio. So that's something that I've done multiple times very successfully. Let me tell you, I'm like, spoiler alert, it's really hard work, um, yeah. <laughs> as is building anything and, you know, the path to anything worthwhile. And also, you know, taking that online in our present world so that for me, of course, we'll get into it in the episode, but for me, the motivating factor was there's only so many people that can come to your studio in New York City if that is where you're teaching. The rest of the world feels a little left out sometimes. And so building an online studio is a whole separate beast. So we're going to talk about all the steps to making that come alive, which is pretty exciting. All the things we built. And, and I, bet, like, a, I bet it's very transferable, even if someone's not in yoga, but just oh, yeah. building a business, any sort of a digital business, because you've, you've gotten so much acumen at like building out the app and the marketing and the video content, all of the stuff that you learned. And then to that end... Another episode, which I know you all want. And I, let me tell you something. If I had a penny for every time somebody has said to me, why don't you stop coaching people on like weight loss and wellness and coach people how to be an influencer and build, and work Ugh. with brands? Because that's really what people want to know. Now, there's a part of me, like I'm, I'm, I'm not dropping, you know, being mm-hmm. like a weight loss and wellness coach because it, I actually love seeing people through that journey. However, I will say I do hear the hunger for... And like, not the, okay, we will walk you through like the boring parts of it. I guess you would call it boring. The how to be an influencer, like what, what does a day in an influencer look like, influencer's life look like? And how do we create content? But I think what most people want to know is how could I work with brands? How do you get brands to commit dollars? What does that look like? What do those dollars look like? Is it, um, an actual, like full revenue stream. Spoiler alert. Yes, very much so. Yes. I 5X'd my corporate career. I was working as a SVP of a company and I've now 5X'd my salary at that corporate job. So just so everybody's aware, that is 
not bragging. That is, I'm giving you my P&L. My full numbers are that I have worked this business since, I sounds very MLM-y. I've worked this business. <laughs> I'm not an MLM, but I am a solopreneur who left my corporate job five years ago. And is Asher turning four? Five years ago, four and a half years ago, I was pregnant. I left my corporate job pregnant, by the mm-hmm. way. Left my insurance, all of that. That's how sure I was that I was, I just left no room for, I was like, absolutely 100% this will succeed. And I went into it with that manifest mindset and it did, but I built it like a mofo. Like yeah. I've, you know, like clawed my way through it and I've learned a lot along the way. But I think what I bring in that's a little bit unique is that I did used to be in PR. Mm-hmm. Like I was on the public relations side. So I represented the brands. So you understand, yeah. So you understand from the brand side, but you also like it probably, I imagine that it was a little bit easier for you to identify bullet points of what they wanted you to say. So it didn't, you didn't have all that back and forth, which we'll get into in that episode. Right. Right. What does the brand want? How do you speak brand? How do you really understand these brands have a consumer at the end of the rainbow? And if you're not affecting their bottom line, like what is the point? So yeah, brands don't just want to hand over a bag of money to you, but they do want you to help them. And so what does that look like? And how can you speak in a tone that a brand's really going to hear and resonate with? So I think that will be a very interesting episode and pull back the curtain on um, a piece of the puzzle that can be a little bit mysterious to people. Yeah. You know? Yeah. All the different steps it takes. Well, at the end of the day, we're going to have all that and more. We're going to have plenty more interviews with experts and icons and legends and all the people that we like to bring you here on Off the Gram. And a little more behind the scenes. And a little more behind the scenes. And it's all going to be hosted by yours truly, Jamie Hess, and me, Heidi Christopher. (laughs) We are so excited to bring you season three of Off the Gram. We appreciate you just being here on this journey. I mean, damn, three plus <laughs> years. We've done three Off the Gram live events. We're going to have another pandemic. one through the pandemic. <laughs> there is another big announcement about an Off the Gram live event to come that mm-hmm. we are very excited about. If you like, <laughs> let's just say this if you like yoga and relaxation and just like. Do you like pina coladas? Heidi <laughs> and I will sing to you. If you like all of that, then put maybe October on your calendar. Yeah. That's what it's looking like. We're yeah. giving you a nice big runway for that save the date. I don't want to hear any, I have a wedding. Block yep. it out. Block out the whole month of October. It belongs to us <laughs> off the gram. We've got your October. But we we love you. We appreciate you. Um, Heidi, do you have a karma call for this episode? Should we leave them with a little something something? Yes. Yes. Whatever that little voice inside of your head says, it's true. Not the fear one, the one coming from your heart. If you can feel it in your chest, if you're at a crossroads, take a deep breath. Three of them, in fact, because three is the magic number. Take three deep breaths and listen to what's in your heart because that's always the answer. I'm not following that with anything. That was too beautiful. Heidi's the yogi. We're going to leave you with her yogic words. I'm going to leave you with a suggestion to please subscribe to this podcast wherever podcasts can be consumed and also follow us on the gram at Off the Gram Podcast. We'll see you next time. <laughs>